Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Scoops. I'm your host, Mr. Thomas. And Miss Post. Thank you for listening wherever you are, whatever part of the world, whatever time of day it is you're listening. A few things to get into today, of course. We got our weekly picks, as always. Huge weekend of college football. And we're coming to you before the Thursday night game in the NFL, which is also a huge game. Packers and Cardinals. Cardinals, the last undefeated team. Miss Post making our picks, making her picks as we speak. Miss Post, any uh, hints you're going to drop about the, who you're picking? Uh, nope. Not until the end. Find out soon, I suppose. <laughs> uh, shout out to Adam, loyal listener. I want to clarify one thing to start off. So Adam, I received some questions from Adam about my, my rant about the boosters on the last episode. You know, it it wasn't necessarily a rant against any policy. I, and I support boosters. I think it's fine. It's really not a big deal. The only issue with the vaccine is it was a, was, was a big deal is if we lack supply. Thankfully, supply is not an issue in, in, in the world. So obviously, some poor countries don't have access, but that's not because there's not enough. It's just because there's distribution issues. So anyway, that's really no issue with the supply of the boosters. But my biggest thing with that is, you know, how, how often do we expect to have them? And I said in a couple different ways. I use the analogy of a full tank of gas, right? Like you can't drive a full tank of gas every single time, but your car still works. So if, if we're going to make people get boosters every time their antibody levels aren't full, they'll be getting them every two months, three months, four months, one month after a set amount of time. I mean, I mean, what are we talking about? And also the issue I have with it is boosters are used to justify more restrictions, which I believe I called back in the spring. I said, well, to keep wearing masks because mm-hmm. A, kids can't get vaccinated, and B, we don't know how long the protection lasts for. Mm-hmm. And what are we seeing? Booster this, booster that. Kids don't have vaccines yet. So again, when does it end? And of course, the more protection, the better. But as we've been saying on this this, this show, no vaccine has ever been held to the standard of no infections ever. That's an entirely new standard for vaccines. Or a virus. Or any virus, that's right. That, that literally trumps everything in your life. Denies you access to work, social gatherings. I think we talked about, did we tell, tell our listeners about a... Um, a local um, theater in our undisclosed yes, location. Yes, we did. We did. We did. Um, that you had to be tested and vaxxed. And vaxxed. And we're masked, and of course. <laughs> Wait, what? Uh, what? Exactly. It's, it's, exactly. It trumps everything. That just is a little crazy to me. Exactly. A lot crazy. You're being too nice, Miss Post. And the biggest thing is, as I was saying, so not only do have we never held a vaccine to a standard of no infections ever, but we have to remember that the point of the COVID vaccines was to prevent hospitalizations and death, which thankfully they do. Again, remember the initial goal, March 2020, quote unquote, flatten the curve, two weeks to slow the spread, not overwhelm hospitals. Here we are 20 months later, 20 months later, and we're still wearing masks. People are still avoiding gatherings. We still have restrictions on things. It's just an absolute joke. And last thing I want to say about this is, um, boosters are not really needed to prevent hospitalizations and death. The, the, the initial dose of the vaccine is still doing that. Now, if you want to say older people are those with a serious underlying conditions, or multiple underlying conditions, okay, that's fine. But 18 to 64 year olds that might come in contact with COVID, I don't really think that's necessary. And again, it's fine. There's plenty of supply, whatever. But it's just the attitude of the culture of A, you can always justify more boosters, which leads to more fear. And B, just, I mean, why would we want to encourage people, those that are going to get a booster that are under 64 probably are the most fearful anyway. Mm-hmm. So why would we want to keep empowering them to be fearful and things like that? 
there will always be a reason to be scared and to put restrictions on something, whether it's for COVID or anything else. Mm-hmm. We've just elevated COVID to the level of a deity where, mm-hmm. you know, it just dominates everything, literally created the whole universe, apparently. Right. God's been replaced with COVID. Yeah. Yeah. And and put our faith so much in vaccines that we are denying our faith in Christ. Exactly. Exactly. We can get into a whole thing about the secularization of the world and how mob mentality and COVID pure porn and everything goes back to that. And it's true. And you can make any argument for that outside of the religious aspect. But of course, as Christians, we see the religious connections with that and and the lack thereof of the spiritual connection. But and we have hope outside of earthly life. You know, we have a future that lies beyond this. And so we can see these things in perspective and know also that God has control over everything that's going on. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, well said, Miss Post. So I want to go, I want to start with a little stat of the day, a little mix it up. Um, this stat I actually just read about t- tonight in an op-ed from the great Carl Rove in the Wall Street Journal. And it's about the debt ceiling. So of course we know that Democrats control the White House and both houses of Congress. Yet they consistently blame the Republicans for not raising the debt ceiling, even though, again, Democrats control every every aspect of governing at this point in time in Washington. But anyway, besides that, of course, they cried foul. Even the Republicans helped them to raise it last time. They still blame them for putting on a show, whatever. But through this great op-ed from Carl Rove, I found out that Democratic heroes Chuck Schumer, Nancy Pelosi, and Joe Biden all voted against raising the debt ceiling three different times in the mid-2000s. Let's pull up the data. Just screenshotted it fresh. Adam, check me on this from the Wall Street Journal. Call off Nathaniel. Here's the data for you. So this is this is Schumer first. Schumer voted three times against raising it when Bush was president. 2003, 2004, and 2006. Biden and Pelosi also opposed raising it on all three occasions. And Pelosi voted against it again in June 2002. Here's what Biden said in 2006. He said, quote, I refuse to be associated with the policies that brought us to this point. Senator Obama, of course, later became President Obama. He characterized raising the debt limit as, quote, a sign of leadership failure, end quote. And of course, as President Obama signed nine different debt ceiling suspensions or increases. So that really doesn't tell us anything new. We know everything in politics is 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 fluid and it's all about who has power and things like that. But it just goes to show that no one has a monopoly on ignorance and no one has a monopoly on hypocrisy. And Democrats, of course, thanks to their Democrat privilege, get off with stuff like this, even though they do stuff like this all the time. And in many respects, a lot worse than what the GOP does. But as the Kermit meme says, that's none of my business. <laughs> Thank you for quoting that. Yes, yes. Uh, let's get into some local stuff here. So our state in Indiana, the only, we're in Indiana, there is one county with a mask mandate still. We'll give it away, but that's where we're located. So of course, we'll extend it again. Some huge news for you, Adam. Peep, peep this. I hate that saying. That's so dumb. I can't believe I just said that. But peep this, Adam. Allegedly, when when the county metric went to blue, the mask mandate was supposed to be lifted automatically. But now the health department, the the God Almighty health department, changed it so that they now get to decide even if it's blue they now get to decide if the mass mandate will indeed be lifted think about that for a minute the same people that preach science change their own guidelines on the science that didn't even change the science didn't change it was supposed to change automatically and now they voted to edit it themselves instead of let it change automatically so we'll basically be masked until summer 2022 if that if that yeah Ridiculous. And, yeah. 
just thinking like about the fact that even if we do take these restrictions off, they can easily put them back on. Exactly, as we've seen. Which is which is the scary part of things. It's the fact that it's like, is this just how we were gonna live? <laughs> exactly. It's and as we said last week, it's not going to end until people say enough. Stop wearing it in stores, stop wearing it in restaurants, uh, stop wearing it walking around in the town, stop wearing it anywhere. Employ- employment, you kind of have to, unless you can get a different job. If you can, more power to you. I wish I was in that boat as well. At this time, I'm currently not. But just stop wearing it. Mm-hmm. Until people take a stand, it's never going to end. Never. If you think they're going to give up this power, you're wrong. Mm-hmm. Human nature does not give up power that it accumulates. Mm-hmm. Power begets power. So, an absolute power corrupts absolutely. Mm-hmm. So, just stop doing it. Stop wearing a mask. Don't do it. Don't do it. Adam, join us in November. Stop wearing a mask. I know you said you would. Stick with it. <laughs> Andy, if you're listening, stop wearing a mask. <laughs> Calling out everybody. Um, speaking of which, we did have another segment we want to talk about today, courtesy of our loyal listener, Adam. It was about, we talked last week about standing up to the mob and, and, and fighting back because they really have no counterpunch. So it, once you stand up to them, you're good. But NBA player Enos Cantor, Played in the league for about 10 years now, a few different teams. Got in hot water a few years ago with the Turkish government because he criticized them. Then they detained his father, would not let his father leave Turkey. But anyway, Cantor, a couple, uh, about last week, said sent out a tweet uh, saying, free Tibet. Tibet, of course, was, was conquered by China many years ago, and Cantor put, that, put out that statement. China subsequently canceled the streaming of, of uh, Celtics games. Cantor plays for the Celtics. They, they stopped streaming Celtics games online. Not quite the uproar when Daryl Morey said free Hong Kong, thankfully. But again, we'll see what the NBA does. Again, NBA is all about equity and social justice and things like that, but not when it comes to bending the knee to China because they make so much money from China. And again, that's fine. They're allowed to do that. That's their right. But of course, the hypocrisy looms large of preaching about equity and social justice, but then accepting the almighty dollar from China when they have much, 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 much more egregious human rights violations, including human concentration camps in Western China. Anyway, that leads to my next point. Cantor also doubled down once China canceled the Celtics games, stopped streaming the Celtics games by saying, tweeting out a video saying, or calling out the genocide going against the Uyghur Muslims in Western China. So good for him, standing up to the mob, standing up to the social justice warriors like LeBron James. Not afraid of Chinese, not afraid of losing money, standing up for what's right and speaking his mind. Bravo to Enos Cantor, and we need to see more of that in the world. Mm-hmm. Spoke up in defense of Tibet. Once China reacted, doubled down and called out the genocide that's occurring. And again, this genocide is not breaking news. We've known this for a few years now. It's just last year during the quote-unquote summer of love, the NBA was too busy painting Black Lives Matter on the floor to realize that, hey, their biggest... Their, their biggest um, Moneymaker really has some pretty blatant human rights violations that just weren't weren't cared about because it didn't sell it didn't sell t-shirts in the US and it didn't make the their clientele mad. Because of course silver, as we know, is is uh called in a made fun of in a making fun of him way the living breathing commissioner by my boy Tony Kornheiser, because of course he does nothing and gets walked all over by the likes of LeBron, and that's why the league has tanked. But as they say, that's none of my business. Miss Pose, any thoughts on that? Uh, no. 
Sorry. I was getting some college football picks here. Big weekend, huge weekend, actually. Uh, Old Miss at Auburn. Miss post Auburn, two losses. Old Miss, one. Who do you like in that one? Could you repeat? Adam. I don't have nothing to say, Adam. He's shaking his head. Old Miss at Auburn. Auburn, two losses. Old Miss, one. Old Miss. You're probably going to be right, but I'm still picking Auburn at home. I've picked Auburn wrong so many times this year. I might as well keep doing it. But I think they'll win at home. Old Miss, overrated, I think. And I like the Tigers at home. All right, Miss Post. Uh, Penn State, Ohio State. Huge game in Columbus. Um, Got to pick Penn State. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm still here, just speechless. What? Are you, okay, Miss Post, that's fine. Uh, Ohio State, all the way. Penn State just lost to Illinois nine overtimes. So I'm picking the Buckeyes. Obviously. Okay. All right. Uh, this one for you, Miss Post. Indiana at Maryland. Two bad teams. Maryland's getting smoked in Big Ten play. IU two and five. Who do you like in that one? <laughs> I'm going to say Maryland because IU just can't pull it together. I just have no faith in them. I they, probably, they could win, but it's not going to be my much. I probably should pick Maryland, but I'm going to pick IU. I still believe they'll salvage this season. Actually, no, forget that. I'm picking Maryland. <laughs> IU's quarterbacks are hurt. I'm They're picking Maryland. Bad. Maryland's we at home. This. Yeah, Maryland. Maryland will win. Okay. Uh, Iowa at Wisconsin. Iowa at Wisconsin. Wisconsin playing better beat Purdue last week at Purdue, who smoked Iowa in Iowa City. Who do you like in that one? Wisconsin. I'm thinking Wisconsin as well. I think they're a better team. No, no secret, I don't like Iowa too much. I think the Badgers will win and turn their season around. Iowa, I think, were, were proven to be frauds two weeks ago, and that will continue. Finally, the showdown in East Lansing. Michigan, Michigan State, two undefeated teams. Huge game missed post. I'm going to take the Spartans at home. <coughs> I don't think either team is that good, as the record says. I think Michigan State at home, I think they have a better offense. And I think Harbaugh, this is the type of game Harbaugh loses. So mm-hmm. I'm taking Michigan State at home. I'm going to take Michigan State too. Miss Post, that slightly makes up for you picking against the Buckeyes, say. but not totally. <laughs> not totally. All right, thank you for that, Miss Post. All right, let's delve into a little politics now. So a couple of elections are Tuesday. Off-year elections usually don't generate that much buzz. Um, but this year they have because everything's pretty much nationalized now and you know, by the administration is not very popular and their their uh, popularity is fading fast. Uh, but Virginia's election, now Biden won Virginia by 10 points in 2020. It, it's a pretty solidly blue state at this point in time because the suburbs have turned blue as, as they have around the country and Northern Virginia is a lot of suburbs. Southern West Virginia, more rural, more Republicans, but again, less less people there. But the race is pretty much a dead heat according to polls. It's uh, Democrat McAuliffe, Former governor, he was winning pretty handily early on. Now it's pretty much a dead heat. Thanks to McCullough's, excuse my language, dumbass comment. He said, quote, I don't think parents should be telling schools what they should teach. Let me say that again. I don't think parents should be telling schools what they should teach. Put aside the ignorance of this, considering the fact that parents, you know, pay for schools and it's their kids that go to the schools. I also just found a the uh, a, a, a law in Virginia I will pull it up for us, um, but this will go just further disprove or further prove ignorance of that point, I should say. And so not only was it politically stupid, but it was also not even correct because according to a law in the Virginia Code, 
Rights of Parents, Section 1-240.1, Rights of Parents, quote, a parent has a fundamental right to make decisions concerning the upbringing, education, and care of the parent's child, end quote. So that is inscribed in law that in the Virginia Code. So again, I don't think parents should have the right, I don't think parents should tell schools what to teach. It's literally in the law in the state he wants to govern. What are we doing? What are we doing? What are we doing? And again, I go back to which party is the one that supports lawlessness? Which party is a threat to democracy? And again, if you want to say GOP, fine. Trump, first off, the quote-unquote insurrection. All right, a couple things. First off, it was an insurrection. FBI said 95% of the the, the riot basically was unplanned. There, there, 95% of the rioters were random. There was no connection. There was no there was no planned insurrection. It was a security failure by by Congress, and that's it. Now, did Trump help matters? No, of course not. Trump did some stupid stuff that was idiotic. He cost the Senate and, and could cost himself re-election. Otherwise, he probably would have won easily in 2024. Anyway, but it wasn't an insurrection. But besides that, even if you say the GOP is a threat to democracy and all that, let's review the lawlessness real quick that has occurred. So we just got McAuliffe here, wants to govern the state, even though it doesn't even know the right, rights of parents. We have Biden, who we talked about previously, put in an eviction moratorium, extended it, when he said it's not even legal. He said it's not going to hold legal muster, and he did it anyway. He did it anyway. How is that, how is that not a threat to democracy? How is that not lawlessness? I mean, what, am I missing something here? Adam, am I missing something? Miss Post, you got any words on that? I really don't. Then we got Stacey Abrams, every Democrat's new, the new Obama, Stacey Abrams, who got a lot, a lot of people to turn out the vote in Georgia. Okay, whatever. But keep in mind, she lost her race in 2018. Never, never um, called to, called to, um, I can't think of it right now for whatever reason, but ne- never accepted the loss. She never accepted the loss. Even a couple weeks ago, McAuliffe, again, the Virginia candidate for governor, was saying that Abrams' election was stolen from her. Stolen. False claim. Where's the fact check? Where's the threat to democracy on that? She still claims the election is stolen three years ago. What I mean, again, am I missing something? This woman is praised as like the second woman of Rosa Parks. Never won the statewide, never won a statewide race in terms like governor, attorney general, whatever. Lost in 2018, didn't accept the loss, and is still claiming it's stolen. So again, who is a threat to democracy? I'm, I guess I'm missing something here. Mm-hmm. I don't understand. Yeah. And finally, let's get to the main point of, of today. Back to our boy McAuliffe, Virginia governor race, Tuesday night, November 2nd. Me and my boy Adam might be live, live streaming. We'll see. But McAuliffe... This just goes to show, again, how the Democrats truly aren't the party of science, A. B, they're ignorant as well. And C, they really have no regard for facts or data either. So let's just review what was said, okay? So McAuliffe, this guy, said that, you know, he's basically running on COVID. Because all Democrats have is pretty much Trump and white supremacy, kind of COVID, because they want to keep these restrictions in place, even though they've really been in power nationwide for nine months but you know whatever and in many states like virginia they've been in power but that's fine they want to run on the mandates they want to put in and things like that so let's just look at what was said okay so mcauliffe on october 7th said that there are 1,142 children in virginia icu units with covid so october 7th 
1,142 children in Virginia ICU units with COVID. That's what he said on October 7th. The real number on that day, according to the Washington Post, again, reputable, quote-unquote, and liberal, so definitely not going to slant it against the Democrat. But the Washington Post said the real number was 35. 35. So he said there were 1,142 on that day, and there were 35. Now. That's way off. <laughs> way off. This is from OutKick. As the article says, it will be one thing to say that number one, acknowledge you misspoke and then correct your mistake. It's another to keep repeating the claim. The paper, the Washington Post, says the Democratic nominee has, has repeated the pediatric ICU number twice over the last two weeks. So he said it three times total, plus another time from later in the article, four times he said it. Four times. Again, he said 1,142 children in Virginia ICU on that day, at that time, October 7th. The answer was 35. As of October 22nd, the total since March 2020, so uh, 19 months, was 952. So his one-day stat doesn't even, it's not even close to the total stat. What are we doing? What are we doing? I mean, that's just absurd. So again, party of science, party of facts, party of truth. It speaks for itself, 1,142. Even the Washington Post fact-checked it. They even gave a pass. They said, we were told it was a slip of the tongue. They said that, so we didn't fact-check it. Then he said it two more times, then a fourth time. Again, Phil, Adam, comprehend these numbers. 952 total since March 2020. 19 months. He said 1,142 at one time when it was 35. Just That's just comical. I mean, just think about that. Think about that. What are we talking about? So, I mean, I'll, I'll wind down my rant. I'll just say I think McCulloch will still win. It will be close, but I think he will win the governor's race. Democrats will beat their chest about it, even though, again, just like California, not as much, but similar. It's a blue state. They're supposed to win. It's like, it's like if Ohio State beats like Minnesota at home. Minnesota might, might be better this year. They might challenge, but they're not really expected to win. So Democrats might win. They'll beat their chest. They'll pass on dumbass policy, and then they'll get slaughtered next year, and then they'll be like, oh, I just don't know what happened. It's white supremacy. It's white supremacy. It's Trump voters. January 6th, whiteness. Anyway, I do think McAuliffe will win. I think it'll be very close. There's also the New Jersey governor race, Miss Post. I think Murphy will win that one. I'll say it'll be single digits. It'll be closer than otherwise, but I think he'll win rather handily. And I do think McAuliffe will win in Virginia. However, I'm much more confident in the Republican winning in Virginia than I am in New Jersey, naturally. And I'd love to see it happen, but we'll see. It's definitely tightened. McAuliffe's been campaigning like an idiot. He also brought out the big guns, Obama, who said don't fall for these trumped-up culture wars, these phony culture wars, even though, again, Loudoun County, the school board meetings, is kind of where the national school board discourse started. Let's recap that for a minute, Ms. Post. The school board association sent a letter to the, to, the, to the Biden White House requesting basically help fighting, quote, domestic terrorist parents. Domestic terrorist parents they want help with. For speaking at school boards. Now, some people have been harassed and, and illegally so and have been followed and things like that, and that should be prosecuted. But again, why does the FBI need to prosecute that? That's a local or state crime. Why would the FBI get involved? 
So, of course, Biden's White House directs the AG Garland to send out this memo, basically saying we're going to use the Patriot Act to target domestic terrorists. The letter got so much backlash that the school board association rescinded it. They took it back. They said it was unnecessary. Did Garland take it back? No, of course not. Garland did not take it back. He still has it out there. He's saying, oh, it's taken out of context. No, it wasn't. Um, they said they're, go- they're, going to t- they're going to help target parents who are doing these things at school board meetings. And again, even if it was violence or illegal, that's not an FBI case. It's state and local. Anyway, I'm on one tonight, so it feels good. Back to basics, though. It all started from Loudoun County. A father was arrested in June at a school board meeting for being disruptive, whatever. I, disruptive, I don't know exact, the exact crime. Turns out he was arrested because he was complaining about his daughter being sexually assaulted in a bathroom by a male student. Sexually assaulted in a bathroom by a male student. A, transgender laws allowed that student to be in there. And B, they tried to, the board tried to claim they had no knowledge of it. The superintendent said it was not related to the board. Emails later surfaced that he did tell the board right away. So again, this father was protecting his family, his daughter, who was sexually assaulted, the guy, male student in the girls' bathroom at this high school. But that parent's a domestic terrorist? What are we talking about? I'd lose it if I was that parent. What are we talking about? All that to say, that's why the Virginia gubernatorial race is close now, because Democrats, of course, are out of touch. They're, they're, they're revealing their true feelings about parents and public education and things like that and how really they're only beholden to teachers' unions, which I am in the union. As a male elementary teacher, I need to be. But they do a lot of stupid shit, and Democrats really only kowtow to them, and we're seeing that right now. So we'll see how it goes on Tuesday, and we'll touch base next week when we check back in. Miss mm-hmm. Pose, any thoughts on that? No. Just disappointed. Sickening. Sickening. Mm-hmm. Domestic terrorist parents. Also, random, random thought. Thank God that McConnell did not confirm Garland in March 2016 to the Supreme Court. Can you imagine that guy on the court, man? He'd be worse than, worse than Sotomayor. I mean, this guy's ridiculous. Domestic terrorist parents. I mean, again, even if it is something illegal, which should be prosecuted, it's state and local. You don't need the feds to do that. Why is the FBI thinking about a, investigating a parent? a parent following a school board member. That's what state and local jurisdictions are for. But I digress. I digress. NFL picks, Miss Post. Are you ready? Yes. Packers, Cardinals, Thursday Night Football. Who do you like? I got Cardinals. I do too. Cardinals at home, undefeated. Uh, I'm a believer. And Rodgers will probably be without uh, Adams and... Alan Lazard, so Adams obviously is, 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 is their best player. So, well, outside of Rogers, I should say best skill player. Mm-hmm. I'm going Cardinals at home. Mm-hmm. All right, here we go, Adam. This is for you and Phil. Steelers-Browns. Steelers-Browns in Cleveland. Give me a second. I'm going Steelers, of course. Browns are at home. Some people are saying there's no difference whether Mayfield or Keenum plays. I'm not a huge Mayfield fan, but that seems kind of disrespectful, so I'm going to take the Steelers. Their defense, I think, will eat the Browns, Browns alive. And Miss Post, of course, you're picking the... Browns. Naturally, because she only goes by the numbers, people. Oh. People see the flashiness of the Browns, and they think that to pick them as close is the same. I could be wrong, though. Last week, I was shocked, though, because, I mean, Denver's just got awful. Because Cleveland, I would have picked Cleveland if they were healthy. 
they had all those guys out and they still won. So Denver, you're dead to me. Speaking of Denver being dead to me, Washington at Denver. Who do you like in that one, Miss Post? Give me a second. I'm taking Washington, of course, on the road because so Denver's dead to me. I'm just ready, Miss Post. Didn't you read the read the script notes for today? We don't even have script notes. You just passed it. You're picking Denver. Okay, thank you. Miss Post yes. is picking Denver. Because again, Sorry. America's picking them too. Why so that's I why. Dallas. Please help. It's too late. He's too far up. It's, and I'm too it's, tired. it's like 10 o'clock right now, Eastern time. That's too late. Okay, uh, Eagles, <laughs> Lions. I'm actually picking the Lions. Adam, I think the win. Eagles were not good. Lions are due. I think the Lions will win at home. Well, yeah, I'm picking the Eagles. Titans, Colts. Titans, Colts. Who are you liking that one, Miss Post? Uh, I got the Titans on that one. But who knows? This is a tough one for me. I got I got to go Titans. They've come through for me the last two weeks. I got to go Titans, but I really don't feel confident in that when the game's in Indy, so we'll just see. Last but not least, Bucks at Saints. Bucks 6-1, six, six Saints 4-2. What do you like in that one, Miss Post? I got Bucks. I got the Bucks too. It's tough. Normally I'm partial to the home team, but Saints just haven't impressed me. <coughs> Excuse me, haven't impressed me this year. Bucks, I think, are rolling. Saints run D is very good, though. I can see the Saints, Saints defense, rush defense, making Brady uncomfortable, making him throw the ball a lot more than he wants to and quicker than he wants to. But I got I still gotta take the Bucks. When in doubt, you gotta pick the best quarterback, and, and that's definitely Tom Brady. So Miss Post, a lot of stuff we got into today. Obviously, a lot of me talking. Why don't you tell us a funny story about school? Funny story. Oh goodness! I you gotta gotta inform me before the podcast starts. We orally went over the script notes earlier. Did I did I share a funny story today? Uh, you did say a student asked for you to come back next year. Oh yeah, the other day that was very sweet. Why don't you tell us that story? Well, student said they're coming back next year, Miss Post, and I said I'd like to. And they, like, did, like, the little cheer with their mom. Like, yay. That's awesome. I'm not surprised at all, Miss Post. (laughs) I'm very happy to hear that. Thank you. All right. uh, Thank you all for listening. Another great episode. Obviously very fired up today, but it's a lot of stuff to talk about. Uh, Remember, no one has a monopoly on ignorance. No one has a monopoly on seeking power. And no one has monopoly on threatening democracy. So I'm probably not going to put any links in the bio this time. But do your own research. Don't be lazy. If you question what I say, look it up. Google might shadow ban it, so be careful. But you can always hit me up. I got plenty of screenshots available, so you can send those to me as well. Mm-hmm. God's blessings for the week. And go Bucks and go Spartans. Yes. Go Hoosiers. Go Hoosiers, yes. Goodbye. Goodbye.